The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You know, before we started this podcast with David Mendelson, I wanted to let everybody know that this will be the last time the Nick Pollock and Friends podcast will be on the Pitcherlist Fantasy Baseball podcast feed. That is, if you subscribe to this feed, you will no longer get Nick Pollock and Friends. To do so, go to Pitcherlist Baseball Podcast. We made a brand new feed just for all of our baseball podcasts. Shag and Flies, Short Hops and Tall Tales, Nick Pollock and Friends on the list, Red, Black, Green, Baseball, and many others, including our new show that's coming in March, the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. So go to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and get the Pitcherlist Baseball Podcast feed to get all of your separate baseball podcasts to listen to Nick Pollock and Friends in the future. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Ah, today is David Mendelson. What's up, David? Hey, Nick, how's it going? I'm First of all, I got to say, I'm super pumped to be on here. I haven't missed a Nick Pollock and Friends yet. Oh, wow. And to be a guest on here is definitely an of honor. Course. So thanks for having me. No, I'm really, I'm really excited to sit down and talk to you today. Um, and David, before we begin, just tell everybody, you know, what you do. What's your thing? You can find me on Twitter at dmenio 2 and, and my thing is pretty much I just tweet out fantasy sports, I tweet out food, and I tweet out fitness. So the big three Fs, that's what I do. Usually you'll see some of those, maybe a dad joke mixed here and there too, but that's pretty much what you'll, you'll find I'm doing, talking about almost all the time. All right, and then you have, of course, Triple Play Fantasy. Yes, yes. So I didn't know we were jumping right into that. Or oh, not, absolutely. But. Plug it all away, David. <laughs> Tell, I mean, it's important we have a groundwork for who you are, then we truly find out who you are i like it layer by layer here uh yeah, so yeah know. triple play fantasy is a company we kind of me and my brother and one of our other friends founded back in early 2020 started out as just a football podcast and now it's grown to three sports football baseball basketball and i mean if you want any type of content in those three sports we got it for you whether it's like the minor leagues or devi or you know college basketball to the pros we look at player profiles we look at team construction you know we obviously do podcasts every week with all the three sports and player interviews past current so we try to hit every single little mark of every single area love that and i i mean i can't imagine i joke about this all the time but you guys do multiple sports I do one sport in one position in one sport. I can't I can't imagine just having that much knowledge and being so spread out and just constantly um, doing everything like that. It's incredibly impressive, though. I will say you saying you started as a football podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I'm so hurt, David. <laughs> just so I do, hurt. I, I do got to say so like 
once we got exposed to the baseball community, and I have no problem saying it publicly, the baseball community is 20, 30 times better than the football community. Just there's not nearly as much drama. Everybody's so much more inviting. There's no, it's not clicky. It's, it's such a much easier place to connect with people than it is in the football space. And it took, I, I will say it took a little cheesecake who people know on the triple play show when we just had the football one to be like, Hey, why don't we do one for baseball too? Cause I, I like how you guys are doing the football show. And then that's when doc and cheesecake and myself gave baseball a shot. And that's kind of been our bread and butter, our best performing podcast, the ones we connected with the most people. And that's that's honestly been the one uh, that's by far all of our favorites to do. I mean, it, it, it is my favorite, too, I got to say. <laughs> and it's a little surprise. I mean, you guys are called the Triple Play, uh, you know, Triple Play Fantasy, which I wouldn't imagine, you know, is a football term or anything like that. It's a baseball thing. What were you guys called before you jumped off into the other sports? We were first when we were just the football, when we were called the first down fantasy podcast. Mm, and then okay. we were the five tool fantasy baseball podcast. Originally. Oh, really? And it was right around the time the first baseball pods bracket came out. And sure, we, were, yeah. we were like, oh my God, we're in the bracket. We just had three episodes. We we're like super pumped. And then we got a comment. Uh, we got like a review on our podcast and it said, you know, uh, Eric, Jesse, and I, I forgot the third guy's name that was on the five tool. He's like, these guys are awesome. Like, I love this podcast. I was like, wait a second. That's none of us. And we looked. <laughs> and of course, Eric Cross and then my fan tracks had the five tool that started at the exact same time. Oh, wow. And so we were like, we can't. They're way better than us. We can't have the same name. So we're like, let's just rebrand it into all one thing. And right. that's how Triple Play you know, came about. It's really hard to find another baseball term that hasn't been taken. I gotta mm-hmm. say, you know, we, uh, we, we, we had so many podcasts last year and among everybody, I, you know, I'm part of the team trying to think like, okay, they're suggesting this name. I don't think they, they love it or whatever. Let's try mm-hmm. and find something. And I've, I've, I mean, even though I've, you know, followed baseball for ages and know all the terms, I still had to find myself on like baseball glossaries and going through and trying to say things together, you know, for for the show I'm doing with uh, Fast in March, the Nick and Alex baseball show. It's called that because there was no term I liked. <laughs> that was like, this is good enough to do. We consider like the quick hook or something like that. I was like, you know what? Nah, let's just let's just call the Nick and Alex baseball show. I like that. That's though. that, you know, it Well, I mean, it's I'm not the first one to call something our names in show. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, right. It looks sounds good enough and cool. You know what it is. Also, that's another important part of it. Like on the corner, is that really a baseball show? Do you know that from firsthand? We just um, obviously us promoting it a lot with Pitcher List helped that. But it's not innately like a baseball podcast thing. You just happen to if you're in the know and you go, oh, I guess I get it now because it's on the corner of the strike zone and everything like that. Yeah. You do a good so, job, but you do. I mean, I think you stretch your creative muscle when you were like making your tier names. And even are, are you guys doing the OnlyFans thing? Is that going to actually? No, I am not doing OnlyFans. You guys have Fast, to do that. Why? <laughs> I already have. I already have a term for someone who has zero to one strikeouts. How am I going to butter my bread with this? It's already. I already got there. Fast is really leaning into the OnlyFans, and I. I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll I mean, see or do something where you're like. You just show a bunch of people, uh, like a clips of people striking guys out, and you're like, "These are only fans." Oh like, my god! Like, you're fanning out or something like that. Has to be swing and miss, right? Because I think, I mean, yeah. I might be wrong. Is is fanning a batter? I feel like that's only when they swing, because they yeah. they fanned, they like moved the fan, right? Like blowing yeah. wind. 
So when yeah, I right, heard I that, you guys was like, holy crap. Like, how has no I one know, else thought of that? Fast came up with that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and all right, if you guys really want it, I don't know. It's like borderline of like G-rated, you know, <laughs> us. Uh, a picture list after dark thing that you could put in. Yeah, plaid. picture list after it's dark. Exactly yeah. right. Pl- the plaid cast. Uh, but anyway, enough about that. <laughs> David, I want to I, I want to hear about um, you. And before it even gets we get to triple play and I guess the first down podcast. <laughs> uh, where are you from? So I've been from I'm from Maryland, lived here my whole life. Actually, uh, I live about an hour south from Baltimore is where I grew up. And uh, when my parents divorced, I went from living as a small town called Silver Spring to half hour north called Olney, Maryland. And that's pretty much where I spent from middle school on until I went to college at Towson University. And uh, once I moved to Towson, which is like I've been there ever since, like Baltimore has become like where I've loved to be. You know, I started out closer to the college campus. And then as I graduated, we moved, I moved into the city with now my wife and we've, you know, we've loved it here. We're not going to be here much longer, but we've been enjoying it for the, you know, five or six last years we've been here. And so it's gonna be pretty interesting getting out of this area. Nice. That's awesome, man. And I must make you an O's fan. Has to be. No, I'm a, I'm a in the closet twins fan, which really? is really, why are you making this public? <laughs> so I usually don't say it unless people ask me like, right. you know, who, like who you're a fan of. And I, it, this really interesting story is when I was in fifth grade, we had to do a project on a state. And this was before I was really into sports. And I was like, which states are left? And they said, Minnesota is the only one left. Because they got to pick it. And I was like, all right, I'll do Minnesota. And I started reading up on uh, their sports teams. And I was like, the twins. And then I started looking in the newspapers and I would see Johan Santana like leading yeah. the Triple Crown and you would see Justin Morneau, Joe Maurer, Tori Hunter. And I was like, this is a cool team. And I was like, and I was like researching them for my project and I just became in love with the, with the whole team sure. and the players there. And I've been a fan ever since. I was a real diehard in like the later like 2000s, like mm-hmm. 20, like 2006 to 2010. And then just, I heard a lot of stories about the organization, just like talking to some of the players over the last couple of years and um, just they were out of contention for so long. And I, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I still like them, but I was like, just the way things are run, the direction of how they're doing things, the pitching's been bad for a long time. I was just like, I'll always root yeah. for them. And then you have the playoff losses, of course. Every single year, they rip my heart out when they're in the playoffs. So it's just like... I am so sorry, but I was in the stands <laughs> when Irvin Santana allowed that home run to Didi. Oh my God, was, yeah, that was... It was the best, man. It was it was really nice. <laughs> it might have been my ba- favorite baseball moment ever. That was didn't you didn't everybody in that arena must have thought or the stadium must have thought this was the year the twins get it because when we came out in the first inning Three and nothing, we put on man. that performance destroyed Severino and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we had the bullpen game that Brad Kenny wanted and um yeah no Brian Kenny I'm not a Brad Kenny oh man I want to thank Brad Penny for that one um but uh yeah then all of a sudden you're down three nothing going to bond this the first inning and oof dd hits that home run and the whole stadium shakes i'm in mm-hmm. of course like i'm in like the upper deck here and i thought like the whole thing was going to crash it was wonderful i've never you're i've never been so excited misery. about imminent death you know in my <laughs> life it's, it's incredible amazing um, but i i have sympathy of course i mean I, i'm jealous of like joe mauer sideburns day mm-hmm and also just aged myself as you were describing, oh, I was looking up the twins when I was young in school 
And I'm thinking, oh, he must be seeing like Kirby Puckett and, you know, like the 90s, <laughs> everything like that. And they say, oh, yeah, Johan Santana. I'm like, Johan Santana? Dude, I had just, I was like the end of high school, about college for me, of Johan Santana, Minnesota. Oh, no. Okay, I am the old one here today, <laughs> dramatically so, and that's all right. But yeah, they're a fun team, and um, honestly, the Twins need more fans. You got to be more public about this. I know as like an analyst, you don't want to showcase any potential comments that think you're biased. I didn't say I was right. a Yankee fan for a while, and I think everyone knows I root for the pitcher. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, there's a hesitation saying that because you don't want the backlash. Is that why you're holding it back? I guess like just all these years of heartbreak and disappointment have just kind of like, I just have nothing left to like, I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to a couple of years ago when they were one of the best teams in the regular season and they still lose in the first round of the playoffs, they get swept by the Astros. I'm like, I'm so hollowed out that like, I can't (laughs) be public and excited about it. I'm like, Oh wow, they're off to a 10 and two start. Well, we know how this story ends now. Now wait, hold on a second. Of all the people in the industry that are hollowed out, it would not be you. Um, the, given uh, the, given the videos I've seen of you lifting weights, uh, just to say, <laughs> there is the, the most dense in a good way in the industry in that fashion. Oh, thank um, you. And, the- and when did that start? When did you become, you know, the, uh, I guess, I don't want to call you a fitness guru, but just uh, <laughs> someone, you know, just going to the gym so consistently. I started back when I, as soon as I graduated high school, cause I was a huge basketball player, like all throughout high school, I played oh, really? every day, yeah, like all the time. That was my number one focus. Like watching the NBA was my favorite sport, playing it all the time. And, um, it was right. It, it sounds like really silly, but when I got to my first class it, in community college, we were doing, I was doing a fitness class and we just, they were like, all right, you know, we're going to do benching today. And I went in there and I thought I was pretty strong. I would wear really tight shirts and I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm strong. And, and then we went in there and they were like put 135 on and, and I couldn't do one rep. And I was like, I'm really weak. I was having just, even just problems just with the bar on it. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm not a big guy. And I was like, I don't, I'm not playing sports anymore. I was like, I got to do something to like, make sure I don't let myself go. And I kind of used that as a challenge. I was like, all right, I want to see what I can start doing going into the gym. And, then I, I fell in love with weightlifting and it became like my outlet for my competitiveness, like seeing my numbers go up, seeing my body change, you know, being able to, uh, you know, meet people at the gym that way and gain a whole new community of friends that became how I connected with most people in college. I would meet people from other, like from fraternities and sororities and like all these, like most of my friends I met from college from just seeing them at the gym and having conversations. So it became right, kind of yeah. my sanctuary and it's been that way probably the last decade or so oh that's great man i funny story really quickly my yeah. college baseball coach made us fill out a form about like the off-season plan and everything and one question was hey so what is your general uh general weight routine and you know what do you want to accomplish this year and i remember this senior year and i wrote there will be a time in my life where i consistently go to the gym and weightlift. now is not that time <laughs> And I, I haven't gotten there yet. There have been these periods. There was, I think, a month or so. I did it uh, with my friend in the off season. I would go, I think, like every weekday morning, if not every other or something like that. And uh, I, I even have weights in my room now or like in, in my apartment and stuff. And I go through these bouts of like a week or two. And then I just stop. And I need to get back into this, David. 
and I need I need some motivation. I need to hear your your what you would give to someone just starting off. What would you do? What would be the way that you would say, look, you don't need to commit an hour, an hour and a half to this. How would you get someone jumping back in? So what I would do is I would outline how your normal day goes. And I'd be like, how much realistically, like you kind of mentioned at the end, how much can I realistically dedicate per day and how many days can I dedicate to it? So once you sure. have those numbers and like the, that figured out, then you can be like, okay, you know, do I want to do just lifting? Do I want to make sure that I'm like doing some running in there? Do I enjoy that? I don't want to like completely neglect that. Yeah, so once you worst, have, man, that was, that was our punishment. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> was terrible. There's no running. No running. <laughs> but you can do things like I don't, I still run just to make sure I can, I can still right, you know, no, m- do it. Uh, but like I do around. so much yeah. of my cardio is on the Stairmaster where I'll put on a, a, you know, a Netflix thing and I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll watch some Netflix while I do my Stairmaster just to keep making sure my heart's healthy, all that. But like, right. Once you have the the amount of time mapped out, then it's like you look up exercises that you like because not everybody likes, you know, this, if you're doing chest, you don't necessarily like, okay, I like doing dumbbell bench press. I don't like using the barbell. So you're like, okay, yeah. like that's fine. And then you kind of come up with, you know, I would say three exercises per body part to start out and you stay in like a comfortable range, usually 10 to 12 reps. That's like a good starting rep range. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can really just fluctuate around. You can be like, okay, like, hey, like I'm doing these this dumbbell chest press for, you know, 12 reps pretty easily now. Like I, the 12th one, I still have a little bit in the tank. So then you can go up five pounds and then you can do it and get used to that. And then you go up another five to 10 pounds and it just kind of snowballs. And then you find the exercises you like and you find the ones you don't. Then you come up with a plan and it just, once you, the biggest thing is like, just get in there and get started, get going, find, get a nice routine, go the same time every day that you map out and be consistent. And then when you start seeing results, when you start feeling better, then it just becomes like a really good just habit in your life to have. And sometimes people enjoy it too, because it's just like you're sometimes the only time that you're by yourself, you can put your music, your podcast in and just keep your thoughts kind of in your head and yourself and not talk to anyone. Mm. I like people though. I, I love talking to everyone all the time. That's why I started a podcast that was about talking to people. No, I mean, that that's, that's fantastic advice. I will be hitting you up on Twitter. Be like, Hey, all right, I've got, I've got 20 minutes. I can, I can etch out a day or something like that. What do I do? I have X, Y, and Z. Nick, you I can will, always slide in my DMs. They're always I will open Absolutely. Finally. Oh man, I've been waiting so long to get an excuse for that. Uh, but cool. I, and going back to um, you know where we started here. So here you are in a, a near Baltimore in Maryland. Uh, w- David Mendelson growing up was it just I'm going to play basketball, or were there other things that were that you were focused on? I was just like always basketball, sports in general, um, mm-hmm. and I would say like I didn't have a very good work ethic either. I was very lazy in high school and even middle school too. Like I just you know, I, as far as like getting jobs and stuff, I would have to have my mom like be like, you know, you need to get a job to be able to make sure you pay your car insurance. Like, you know, I'm not paying that for you. And like, it was the same way, man. And like, it got to a point that I've actually never said the story on public, public airways before where I would literally only go to one place to look for a job. And it was the party store that was in my hometown. And I went in there every single day because nobody would ever go in there. And I (laughs) Right. Like, well, yeah, it was like a pride thing, right? Like you didn't want to like be seen asking for that job. Is that right? No, it was it was strictly because 
uh, it was called Party USA. And it was strictly because I never saw any customers in there. Oh. And I said, this would be the easiest <laughs> job. I could just sit here all day and do nothing. <laughs> oh, so, man. Did you ever get it? No, they, they, one time they humored me and they had me fill my application. And then I went back okay. and they said, realistically, they said, if we're being honest, we're looking for a girl to fill it. So unless, oh, and I was just like, okay, like, so I did work other jobs eventually, but, um, that, that was my work ethic at that point. I didn't have like, if I had the work ethic back then that I do now, like the, this podcast would have never started with triple play and everything, kind of all the things that I've been sure, you know, yeah. working and doing. Well, so it's, it's kind of like what you said, though, about weightlifting is do the things that you like. You know, if you don't like doing pushups and you feel better about the dumbbell, uh, dumbbell uh, chest pushes, I don't know the exact same. I should <laughs> yeah. know. Sh- dumbbell bell lifts. I don't the, know. The presses. Yeah. The presses. Yes. Yeah. That's the word. I know weight <laughs> things. Um, but uh, but yeah, do the ones that you like. And, and you clearly like podcasting more than and of course, Party USA, but not other other <laughs> spots. And that makes sense. I. Uh, what was your first job? It was uh, at Hallmark, a Hallmark employee. I was really? A, yeah, I was a sales associate there for about six months. Uh, no, it was like, I think nine months actually. But What did they um, have you do? I would just go out on the floor, try to bother customers, be like, oh, you know, what are you looking for? Which cards? Oh, well, those are in this section. And then wait, they'd come to the register. Wait and a I'd, second. Wait a second. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. I, I apologize. I'm in New York. I did not. I just know Hallmark as randomly. There is a card that says it's a Hallmark card. Are there actual retail stories that are yeah, like just yeah. Hallmark? There, I mean, at least there used to be. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're still oh around. But of course, I guess. But wow, yeah, okay. I would just go to like a Rite Aid and they have like a series of cards or something. Oh yeah, dude, it was like Hallmark cards of every single occasion, all the time, all around the store. Wow. And you know, they of course they have like the the Beanie Babies, the jewelry. Like they would have like all this stuff that you, besides cards, of course. And I would have to go around, ask people, I can help them, you know, point them to the cards and they come to the register. Are you a Crown's Reward member? You know, you get like one free card every three months or something. And it's all coming back to me now. And uh, (laughs) it it was, it was, it was nuts, man. It was, I was, it was kind of weird to say that was my first job, but it really was. Well, it sounds like it should be called Hallmart. And that, I feel like that was, but again, it's Hallmark is the company. I don't know. I, I, I'm just blowing, <laughs> this is blowing my mind that there's a whole store dedicated to just this. Um, would, would you give like suggestions of like what to write in the card for them? I don't think I ever did that, but maybe I could have. And, you know, <laughs> if they were completely clueless, but yeah, it was, it, there were some weird stories. I, I, I wish I could remember them all now, but there were like, you know, you get a lot of people in there during the day that are just kind of wacky. And, you know, oh, if you're man. coming into Hallmark at like 12 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, like it was, it was just, some people were very over the top. But I remember just like, that was even before, like there was like, it was like flip phones and you would text people. And I remember just like flipping my phone over and being like, like what is going on here? <laughs> right. So, oh my God. It is, yeah, it is kind of crazy. I feel like every single person needs to spend, I don't know, a couple months working retail in their life mm-hmm. at some point. I, I mean, I did yes. a guitar center and everything, and that just, yeah, it, it changes things in a, in a good way. I mean, I learned a lot of things that I apply now when it comes to sales. I don't know if you were getting paid commission on cards at all, or if you were just I there wish. to help help everybody i mean how much could you really make commission on i don't know three dollar hallmark cards she (laughs) so like her or my manager's name is beth and she would like i would never get commission 
but she would be like the sales person of the month. And it was like on Halloween, there were these dancing Frankensteins and she'd be like, whoever sells the most Frankensteins, I will call sales person of the month. And you'll, you know, you will get like an extra $50 in your, your check or something. That would be like, that would be the extent of it. Um, and I, I think I sold three one month, which apparently was like, you know, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, that won me is like, most people go in there and you would just be like, do you want a a Frankenstein, you know, like got to have these in your house. And most people are like, I don't want to spend $50 on a dancing Frankenstein. (laughs) Like there, it was so outrageously overpriced. Wow. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, they must've made so much of a profit. Like the, the gross Mm -hmm. profit on those things must've been huge. If they're willing to give 50 bucks and the person sells the most of them, Mm -hmm. uh, most of them. But I mean, yeah, stories of retail. This is why people sign up for the Nick and Nick Pollock and friends (laughs) podcast. And I I do want to jump in and go to your basketball love because I know we have this very much in common before we do. We're going to take a very quick break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PO Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show so here's the thing. I, I know this about you. Actually, I remember um, I remember talking to Kimball Crossley um, and he and I shared this as well. I never got to talk about it there. I'm going to do it here to his chagrin. Um, you coach basketball. And I do. this would have been my 11th year if it weren't for COVID. Uh, coaching basketball. How long have you been doing it? This is my fourth year coaching high school basketball. Oh, it's a high school team. Yeah. Are oh, you what age is the kids that you coach? Oh, I I have the most fun. I uh, <laughs> the first year I did it was 11 12 year old and then I went up in a, a year to 13 14 but it's a rec league, it's not travel. I have certain rules of like I have 10 kids on my team and each kid has to get two quarters at a time, no subs, stuff like that. A uh, high school team, now that's a lot more intense. And is it is it JV varsity? It's junior varsity. Um nice. and so ninth 10th graders then. Yes. And I've, it's a lot. It's definitely been a commitment. I know we were talking a little before the show. It, it, during these three months that I coach, this is actually the first time I've done it with the triple play stuff because oh, the year before we were COVID. So it was all virtual, just workouts. Like I would coach the guys and we would just do workouts. We couldn't play any games, but, um, you know, I was still able to sit at home on my computer and virtually coach them and, and work on things, you know, when right. they were doing things. And, uh, it was a lot. This this year's we you know we have two more games left Wednesday and Thursday and that's it. We're done. Um, but it's been it's been very difficult, and that's been kind of the the hardest part of having doing the podcast, making sure I don't miss a beat doing that stuff, and then mm-hmm. coaching. And it, but it's so rewarding, especially when you see the kids develop and they really are starting to pick up on things that they weren't earlier in the season. 
and you feel like you're kind of having that impact on them where you're like, maybe they're not going to play a big next level, but you're like, they're starting to to grow as basketball players and you know that you're instilling that type of stuff into them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just seeing them get the footwork down for when they're driving, like where you're supposed to position yourself instead of following their back hip. And it's like, dude, dude mm-hmm. this doesn't do anything. You got to actually go where the ball is. And then when they shoot, instead of going for their face, like, no, you go to the side where they're shooting yep. from the right side, stuff like that. Um, do what kind of a, Everybody listening that doesn't know basketball stuff, I apologize. Uh, what defense do you run? We do a two-three mostly okay. because my yeah. guys cannot play man. They just use their <laughs> arms. They use their arms when yeah. guys get by them. It's, I would it's never awful. do man. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I do a one-three-one. Oh, um, you do the tricky. I like it. I like it. Well, one-three-one is mostly. I mean, in my league, because it's rec, um, mm-hmm. you have a big skill gap. Right. So you have like, you know, you, you have to draft it's, uh, it's typically like 100 kids or so. So you have 10. The last round is just these are not skilled kids and that's fine. They want to be there and play basketball and stuff. But you have to create a zone where people are able to cover each other mm-hmm. if there are problems. So you also have a situation where you have per team like three to four actual like real great players. And then you have you're filling in the gaps from there. So if you, in a one three one, if you have a really good defender, you can just harass the entire time with, with that one. Mm-hmm. You can make their life so tough, and then you also have a compact defensive rebounding squad because essentially on every play you have four guys that are right there willing to get the rebound. So that's worked for me over the years. It's the most fun one too because then you can get a lot of little traps. You can you can do it at the elbows. You can do it in the corners. The corners are wearing the one that I like to do because it's so easy to trick them in there. And then once the kids get it once, they get addicted to it, and then they like it, they soar. When you but, feed uh, off the like any type of turnovers, and when you trap them, like that gets I think them excited more than anything oh my else. God, and it's the best. It's you kind just of funny because so powerful. Yes. <laughs> And we actually played against a one three one yesterday, uh-huh. and that's where the, the the development I've really seen in the kids is. I was like, usually I'd have to call timeouts, and I'd be like, "All right, this is where the holes are in the defense. Like, look right. for this." But they identified it before I even said anything, so they knew as soon as they brought the ball down, and, and the guy from the one position came up. I was like, "Get that ball!" Like we had uh, someone come from the other wing and come over to the corner on the ball side, and right. I was just like, "Get the ball down to the baseline." Because I was like, mm-hmm. if you get it over that the three in the middle, then I was like, they only have one person back at the basket. Right. So then you would get the ball st- over to the baseline, and then they could just drive, and then we would have someone come from the other baseline side, and then either you know yeah. we get a layup, or they would just hit them a bat- bounce pass for an open layup. See, that's and we get them though. switch it pretty quickly just because of that. So it you have it, to have confident passers to do that, mm-hmm. right? You need someone who's bringing up the ball to be patient with it and not you know freak out too quickly. You have to have someone a, a safety valve on the left or right, and a safety valve that knows to move if the defender is going to cheat that pass or not or go to the ball. And there are all these steps. Oh man, I miss this so badly. <laughs> it's been two years because I didn't. We didn't do it last year because obvious reasons. And then even so, this year they didn't get it going. And yeah, there's all these little elements. Like for example, I shooting a free throw. Two things happen. One, my guys always high five, and we have the best. We are the best high fiving team in the, in the <laughs> every single year. If they don't high five, they get an earful from me. <laughs> It's like the most angry I get is if they don't high five their teammate at the free throw line. But the, whoever is the point guard, whoever's the guy is facilitating the ball knows on every single free throw that he's coming to talk to me. And that's my favorite time on the court as a coach. 
is just like, I'm just chilling with who I have put as essentially the leader of this team on the court right now. And we're working together to figure it out. Uh, do you do stuff like that? Are there little things that you do as a team or as a coach that you just really enjoy? Yeah, I mean, that obviously is definitely one I, I enjoy as well. Uh, I like when we call something and they see it works. And like mm. uh, you were talking about pressing and we run a very unique press where it's kind of like a version of Shaka Smart when he was uh, over at VCU. Oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, guys, I, I, there's no other team that runs this press. But I, I modify it two different ways. And teams that don't see it, um, there's some that don't know how to adjust to the first one. And if they figure out the hole in the first one, they have a second version that we go to that takes that away. So the first version is I say, first, my point guard up top, the person that's most energy is going to harass the ball. Sometimes it's my two, depending on who's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I said, you're going to not pick anybody up until the three-point line. I said, don't waste your energy picking them up as soon as they mount the ball. I said, wait till they get to the three-point line. Then at three-point line, you force them in one direction, make them dribble yeah. to their right or their left. And I have my two wings on both sides of half court beyond the line like pass or up you know half court yep and then i have my four if they're an athletic four i put them in the middle and then i have my five back and i'm like let them dribble like if you're on the side let them come to you i was like don't go to them let them dribble to you and then as soon as they cross half court trap them because the point guard's coming from behind them and then they're coming up into them so they trap them and they can't go back because if they step back they're going to go and get right, a, an over right. and back violation so i was like use that as a third defender and they get trapped in those corners and then i have the guy in the middle so they can't make the pass over into the middle and that covers yeah. that area so that usually works pretty well but the hole in that defense is if they have a guy that's on the baseline side but they go back if they basically mm-hmm. if they throw it overhead uh cross court pass it down then i it's basically a two-on-one fast break So if they see that after a couple of plays that those are open, then I just switch it into our second version, which is I just take the guy out of the middle and I put him on one of the sides and I put our other guy on the other side. So basically there's two guys under the basket, essentially. Yeah. And then I take the guy that's on the weak side on the, if if they're dribbling over to one side of the, uh, of the court, I take the guy that's on the weak side and I shift him up to half court. So I was like, if they're going to cross court pass from one side to the other, I said, that's either going to be a turnover or there's going to be a bad pass and, you know, we can easily pick it off. I said, if you shift over from the weak side to the middle, then the middle's covered there and they can't get the pass over to the middle. Right. And usually we just did that yesterday and, and it was like clockwork. And you, when you said you're talking was. about getting those we steals. Got, we got and, Coach Mendelssohn on the case. <laughs> it's fun, man. Like I like some games are not fun if you're getting blown out and, you know, right. things don't go your way. But when when things work and you're feeding off of things, they're making the right passes and guys that don't normally get in the game are getting in and you're just like, everybody's cheering for one. I was like, that, that's a hard feeling to beat. It's it's so fantastic, man. Um, you know, so I've been, I've been doing this for a while, but also I, I wouldn't say, I'd say that kind of what you're doing is is on another level than I am because I'm dealing with, uh, 13, 14 roles that isn't, I, I don't get practice time with them. For example, I get 30 minutes before each game and they're That's like eight hard. games a year or something like that. Um, so I have to like each week I have like a schedule of like, this is what we teach this time. This is what we teach that time. And over, over the years, I figured it out. I figured out the best inbound play that once a game will get us a free layup. And this is like right underneath the backboard. Oh, I need this. And, hear and I'm so sorry for everybody listening. It's like, oh God, I don't understand basketball. <laughs> this is the worst. But let us have this. Yes. Okay? Let us have this moment. Um, essentially, you just do an eye, right? You set it up. You have your small guy first. 
your uh, your big guy second, your shooter third, and your ball handler fourth, and whoever you you trust to handle the ball is your inbounds. And what happens when you break is you have the the small guy front goes across toward the basket, goes pretty much underneath the baseline to the other block, and you have to have a good inbounds guy that does a hard fake. Because what normally happens is whoever is guarding the inbound and that is protecting like the line is going to lean towards it. And the second that he does that, then you have a straight pass to your big man second and you just throw it at his hands. And you'd be so shocked how often you can just pass it straight to his hands and then he shoots a layup. <laughs> and that it's that simple. I know it sounds so crazy, like this won't work, but every single game it happens at least once. I love it. And then you can also flip it. You can have it so that the uh, the first guy goes into the corner instead, and the third guy goes to that block. So it's the same idea. You can then flip fake to the corner, same same thing like that. But if you don't have that, then you get to the guy in the corner, and then who then gets it up top and reset the offense, and voila. Uh, you always have the outlet going straight back. But it's uh, I, I, I wrote this down. I had them practice it every single time. Like The last thing they do is just to get it down once, and they know their quarters. Um, it's... It works. I just, it just, it just works. I don't know what else to tell you. Just, you just gotta have a guy that fakes it, that actually knows how to fake a pass, and then you have the layup. That I right. love that too because it's easy for them to process. It's not one of those where there's like multiple parts you have to do yeah, no. where they get confused, which sometimes happens with us. So I, I, yeah, I mean, well, of course, yeah, nothing, nothing complex with my plays. Like <laughs> you, you just can't do it, especially not enough time to do it. But man, I think it's so awesome that you're you're coaching. How did you get into it? I started coaching softball a few years ago and I love doing it, but it just goes back to, I was like, basketball's all I played growing up. And I was like, that's always what I've wanted to coach. And I never got the opportunity. And then when I got hired at the school that I'm at now and teaching, I was like, they like, we have a, the JV coach open and the, my coworker who's in the P department with me took varsity. He's like, we have a JV spot open. Do you want to coach basketball? It's like, let's do it. I've been waiting for this. And, yeah, man. and it's, it's been such a, a learning process. Like my first year compared to now, just the amount that I'm able to like, it's, it's not just even like processing things quicker. It's being able to identify things on the floor. It's being able to know how to talk to them, lead a huddle, be able to, after a game, knowing the right things to say when we, you know, if we get a 10 point lead in the first quarter, making sure that they stay calm, like keep focused and, uh, it, it's maturity that I've, I've gotten in it. It's, you know, just being able to, instead of just like looking up some plays and trying to make them do it, it's rather kind of looking at our personnel and, and diagnosing things that work and what's too difficult, what's it's things they can process. And um, it's been, a, it's been really cool to watch myself change as a coach. Our teams have gotten better and the guys ultimately, again, just like being able to be put in spots to succeed. So it's been really awesome to do it. Oh, it's the best, man. I'm so happy you're doing it, really. Uh, it's so cool. People will probably ask, like, hey, yeah, David, like, you know, softball, what happened to softball? Or Nick, why aren't you <laughs> coaching baseball? Why are you coaching basketball? I, I know your answer, but I, I assume it's the same as mine, is that coaching basketball is way easier. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And oh my, oh, my God. It's, so it's so much easier. And like, I, I like coaching that stuff, but it's also like you can enjoy analyzing something and then coaching something is completely different. Like I love watching and analyzing baseball, but coaching basketball gives me so much more enjoyment. It's, it's a better game at younger ages. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry to say guys, I coach travel baseball, like good players and everything. And I don't want to go driving off to some random 
uh, field in yeah in the depths of Brooklyn for a three hour game where it's just uh, it's not the same. And you just go to a court mm-hmm. and these guys can play and it's a fun game and it's great. And it's energetic. It's awesome. Yeah, baseball. It's it's just not the same. So I, that's why I decided to do it. It's quicker and efficient and wonderful. And I'll get back into it when I have a kid, I guess. <laughs> are you are you going to do it uh, next year? You think? Oh, I mean, as long as it's running, I, I'm. Not, you can't pull me away from this. <laughs> uh, I, I I've been sending them emails, and they'll get back to me. It's fine. They they can't kick me out. It's been so long. They need Coach Pollock back out they there. Do. They do. They um, do. But yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to, and I'll exchange with you next year. I uh, when I run into a problem, I'm sure I'll have. <laughs> uh, I'll get you and Kimball uh, Crossley all in a group DM figuring this out. Um, but uh, but moving on from from coaching, I kind of want to talk about you. You know, post college, uh, what did you what did you graduate in? So I'm a PE teacher right now. So I, it wasn't always going to be that way. It was going to be like athletic training or something with personal training or, or you right. know, something along those lines. And my mom came to me one day and she was like, look, like you babysat kids during high school and you love athletics and you know, that type of thing. So she's like, why don't you just combine both and be a PE teacher? And at she first sounds I, great by the way. She, I just she is, say. Thank you. She is awesome. And I kind of first turned it down. I was like, you know, they don't get paid a lot. And I was like, you know, everybody makes a joke about PE teachers. And she said, well, if you want to say that, she's like, PE teachers get paid the same as every other teacher, but they get to have fun and, and teach kids sports. And I was like, wait, all teachers make the same. I was like, I didn't know it was like, if it was like a scale with specials get lower than, you know, classroom Mm -hmm. teachers. And so I, I didn't know that at the time. And I was like, yeah, I was like, let's do it. And I enjoy it. And, you know, it's, it's a tough, a tough school in Baltimore. Um, so some days are definitely rough, but, uh, I still love just the fact of getting to teach kids certain sports that they don't know. Like I'm really good at badminton. So when we do the badminton units, it's <laughs> oh, like, we loved badminton week. Oh man. My friend actually got smacked in the face, but beside that point, <laughs> uh, badminton week was competitive and good. It's fun, man. It's fun. If you haven't played, like you got to play for anybody that's listening. Like it's, when you smash a birdie, like there's nothing. It just doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It feels great. Like it makes a big sound, you know, you smack it so hard and it goes like a foot or two. You're like, Oh, all right. (laughs) I see how this is. And I I will also say the other sport, the other PE game that I think we can all agree is the best one is bombardment. That top notch notch game. It probably has a different name for you. Um, it was essentially both sides get dodgeballs and then you have bowling pins along the baseline mm, that you have about. to throw. What is it called? I, I forgot the name, what they, we call it here was, I don't, we don't play it in high school as much, but I, for, right, uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, bombardment was the best and you can have anyone guarding it in front. And then if you get, it, it's just dodgeball with that stuff in the back. Oh, best day, best day is bombardment day. Oh, you're taking me back. I love, I remember we did that like for my internships now. Oh yeah. You got to do it. You got to, who cares? And you just one day, like, you know what? Today we're doing bombardment guys. You know, it's the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. So, so okay. So here you are. You're you're the PE teacher, uh, Mr. Mendelssohn. Do they make you call that? Call you that? Is that right? Some kids don't even know how to say Mendelssohn. So I just say Mr. M. I've got one girl that calls me Mendelssohn. Uh, I've gotten... Oh my, I have so many different versions of my name. Sometimes they make me laugh, but <laughs> it, for some reason, some of them have trouble saying Mendelssohn. I don't know Is why. Is it Mendy? Do they go with that? 
all of my coworkers call me Mendy, but Mendy, uh, okay. none of the kids have called me that yet. Yet, I'm sure if they hear it, they would. I will. I will not tell them. <laughs> Don't worry, David. Um, but uh, so so you're doing that. How does yeah? How does that football podcast start for you? So it started in the pandemic and beginning of the pandemic in March 2020. Like our school at least didn't know how to react. So yeah, right. We, we pretty much had a Google Meets open and all our students in those classes got a code and they would just have to sign in and we would basically teach them a lesson and then we'd give them work to do in our like thing, which is called Schoology. And they would just like submit their work. And it got to the point where I would have like in the first few weeks, I would have half my class show up. And then by the, the third or fourth week, I was having one or two kids. And then after that, they stopped coming. And I think they just all realized like, you know, how they, they, you know, attendance doesn't matter right now. They're just pretty much yeah, grading right. on what we turn in. So they would just do their assignments, turn it in. And so I wasn't teaching. I was just grading all day. And so I had so much extra time on my hands at that point, you know, everything's closed. So I would just, you know, my workouts were just going for a run and then I would just sit and have nothing to do. And, you know, we basically had heard that you could podcast now on an app called Anchor. And I was like, guys, let's yeah, do a right, podcast. Right. I was like, Anchor's free and we can, you know, do this. And so my brother and one of our friends, John, who, you know, was into football, we did a fantasy football podcast. And when we started getting a few listens, we were kind of excited and like, who wants to listen to us? And uh, it just became like a really cool outlet because you hear people talk in fantasy and you're like, I want to do that. Like right. I spent so much time playing. I want to talk it too. And, um, that's when it turned into from just football and then baseball came and that's when things really just like took off. Baseball is the best one, man. You know, we are, we are starved for good people, um, in this industry. Never, never too many in that way. We're, we're all lucky that the triple play crew (laughs) decided to stop by our neck of the woods as you wear a triple play fantasy uh, shirt right now. Uh, and you actually changed that logo. That wasn't what it was. I think that's a new logo in the past, like what, a couple months or so, something like that. Well, it's what a good memory. It was, um, I want to say it was about a year ago, I think. Was but, it okay? Not but, that good of a memory. But you, but you remember the old logo. Yeah, that was old school. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, remember. Well, I don't remember what it looked like. I just remember that being a new one. I I gotta I gotta get that. I mean, we had like four logos, <laughs> so I, I don't know if anyone remembers like the bouncing ball of pitcher gifts and the original pitcher list. And then I just had like a very basic pitcher list, like a P and an L that then eventually turned into the pitcher list P that it is now. I remember the PL. Yeah, that that's a, am I actually drinking out of that mug right now? No, I'm not. This is a PitchCon mug. Um, get PitchCon mugs at our yeah. store. Okay, I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's it, sure you can have a podcast, right? So you have it on anchor and everything, but that's not you know what it is now you guys are really tackling all different avenues obviously of fantasy sports you have a full website um i mean talk about kind of creating those things so once we got the baseball podcast integrated um that's when we really started getting a lot more listens pretty quickly and i think just because there's a lot less saturation in, in fantasy baseball and there is a fantasy football it's it's so hard to stand out in fantasy football and it was when we started like getting right away we decided to get guests like it was alex fast was actually like our second or third episode oh that that's a great choice yeah <laughs> alex fast the guest oh primo and i just remember like 
it was back when we still, of course, were on Anchor, so we couldn't see him. It was where you would talk into your phone, and it would just have everybody would have like a blank face, and you would just see the the line move when someone was talking. Right. And he was just so nice. We were talking about our Baltimore connection, and I remember when we put like the episode out, he you know he like retweeted it and, and commented how much fun. I was like, this is so awesome, and <laughs> and it's just like that's kind of when we started like, okay, we need to have a presence on Twitter. Cause I was like, this is where people are finding other people. And yeah. I like that's when we saw like Alex and, and I was like, we have to like take this to the internet. We can't just put it out on anger. And that's when we made like the account and Eric now runs the account and, you know, is doing things like that, trying to grow the following. And, um, we were just doing the podcast for a while. And then we did Skype because we were like, you know, we want to be able to see each other and, eventually just kind of snowballed just to put it simply we went to skype and then we heard saw Streamyard, and we're like our quality needs to go up and then we were like we need a website to make sure we're legit if people want to see more about us and then we really our biggest thing we've been hammering over the last like six months has been youtube because we're like this is something that most other people in the fantasy baseball realm have not fully transitioned to yeah yet. definitely not yeah and there's there, I think the most opportunity is there. It, it's kind of hard uh, mm-hmm. to figure out exactly how to crack the code with it. Yes. Um, and I'm just, I'm debating myself of how much I want to jump into it or not. Like I do my video breakdowns of pictures and stuff, but that's not innately fantasy. It's just me. It's also not even like structured well. It's just me in front of a green screen watching something and just talking for 10 minutes. It's not actually like, okay, I have a plan. I have this and it's, no, it's not produced is what really what I'm getting at. There yeah. is a ton of opportunity for an actual produced fantasy baseball, uh, you know, YouTube channel. Yeah. And then it's like, it's kind of tied in other things too, because you were like the king of Reddit. That's, I know that's how you, the first <laughs> people knew you. And I got lucky with Reddit. Yes. <laughs> and like, but it, it, it's such a good avenue. Like it's really like Eric is, does such a great job of, he basically does puts everything we do on Reddit. And it's brought in so many new people to us, you know, whether it's been put articles on Reddit, whether it was like YouTube videos went on Reddit and it's just been like, Hey, it's like, I think people are enjoying seeing the people doing things on YouTube that they're reading about or that they're seeing right. like these short videos. And, um, I, it's been trying to find ways to get a little different and just making sure that we're everywhere. People want to find us, you know, we even have a TikTok now that, we have a guy running and just, we send him clips and um, it, it's like, what ways can we try to start standing out that hasn't been done as much mm-hmm. less saturated areas and like YouTube, TikTok and, and that type of stuff has really been something we've been doing. And every single time we have such a great team here that people step up and help in areas we need it. And um, it's just been truly a blessing just to watch um, things just kind of get bigger and bigger and, you know, we're still very far off from being anywhere where I, I hope we can get at some point, but it's just, it, there's always more to be done and it's just exciting to, to watch it continue to build. And, and what do you want, you know, what, what is your goal essentially with, uh, you know, with one side of it being triple play fantasy itself, but also for you, like, what do you want to be doing with it? I've been saying for a while, I've been really hoping to be in the fantasy space full time. I love teaching. It's fantastic. I, if I did the rest of my life, I wouldn't be a, have a problem with it, but I love fantasy sports. And like, 
I've, I've been dreaming of the day to be able to get to do a full-time position in fantasy. And I, I wanted to be at triple play. I wanted to, to start my own company and we're an LLC now. And like to be able to have triple play be, you know, create jobs for people that are looking to get in the fantasy space. And right. I know it's a different sport, but I look at like the fantasy footballers and I'm like, that is something that I hope that we could do one day for baseball. Mm-hmm. Cause it, you know, you are basically the biggest example of an independent podcast succeeding. And I know you're still working to build things up. You are the definitely like, that is the case, but uh, we're, we're trying our best. Uh, you are say, man. like, uh, you're humble. <laughs> you're very humble. I, I don't know. Uh, we have, we have a lot of steps to go. If we want to achieve something remotely close to the fantasy footballers, for example, um, I would say good examples are, um, I mean, fan graphs as a whole is one. Yeah. Um, you have John Boy Media, even though it's not fantasy baseball, but just in the baseball sphere, kind of showcasing, right. hey, going from a podcast to you know a whole media company. Um, there are other examples as well, but I mean, uh, you know, even look, look at uh, Gray and Rudy at Rasball, what they've created there is incredible. Um, you know, it's it's there there are a lot of of examples of us. We're trying, you know, we're trying things here at Pitcher List. You know, with PL7, we hope is, you know, a step forward in what we're it really trying to is. do. I was going to well, we'll mention see. that. Like, we'll see, David. <laughs> you're, I know you again, you're not going to say it. And yes, there are, like, we'll like you mentioned, all those other places are great. But I can't think of a place that is like injecting life and doing so many things different that haven't been done by independent place that you guys are. That's, like the PL7. That's all you get. That's all you get. <laughs> no, not this is not the podcast for this. I, but, uh, yeah, obviously everybody check out the new player pages, all that kind of stuff, but it's, you know, this is more going back to you, David, right. For you. And I, and I ask like, you want to do this full time, but, um, when I see people that theoretically are doing it full time, like you look at DVR, for example, you see, Mm -hmm. you know, you see Spore, you see, um, you know, they're just, just so many that are jumping into that and doing that it's in different ways. You know, some people are doing it where it's just on the writing side, um, some are doing it where they're just podcasting. Some want to do video stuff. Uh, the way I see it is it's really, really hard to do all of that at the same time. And generally you have a certain sales skill set and you just focus on that one. Is there one for you that you want it to be? I would love it to be kind of like what DVR does and like host podcasts and just like kind of produce them and, and kind of focus more on that side. I'll de- I definitely write just because it's good to be able to have multiple things to bring to the table if, if that's what they want. Good but, writing cannot be understated. It, yeah. Not only if you can write well, then you'll also be a good podcaster for the most part because you'll be articulate and be able to, I mm-hmm. uh, uh, see this is bad writing, uh, be able to say your points briefly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I can't do it. Oh, no, you're doing good. good. Uh, to have brevity in your points. There you go. Speak clearly oh, that, and yeah. succinctly. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you're saying you want to be like a, like a host, like DVR. Yeah, I've, I've always, like, that's been my favorite thing to do. The, I find a really good value in writing because a lot of times when I host things, I will take statistics that I think people want to hear and like certain things I write about players and then I can summarize them like you said. And I've already done the research from my writing and I can just pull those pieces out when I host it. So it's definitely like very valuable to still do that. Uh, But I I just enjoy being able to try to make shows fun, make them different, add certain things in. I think people want to hear if I'm like seeing a popular subject on Twitter, trying to make a show about that. And like that's that's ideally what I would love to do, but I know for most 
cases, you got to kind of be a triple threat. You got to be able to write, you got to be able to podcast. And in some cases you got to be able to edit stuff too. So, you know, I've tried to make sure I can kind of keep all my tools sharpened for anything that would come up. I mean, that's a, yes, you're not wrong. You know, I think it really does start with um, attention to detail and everything that you do. Right. Um, if you're putting out a podcast, make sure it sounds right and really focus on what, okay, you don't know how to make it sound better. Well, there are a lot of tools and it's, it's mm-hmm. somewhat Googleable to figure that out. Uh, but be, you know, focus on those details. Uh, when you're writing, yeah, focus on your sentences and make sure that you have a good flow to it and how you're articulating it and reading it and thinking, is this interesting? Am I losing interest reading my own thing? I've done that. I've read something I wrote and go, this is, why would anyone read this? This is terrible, you know, and then I have to rewrite it and everything. Um, but really, yeah, focus on the, those elements of how you're putting stuff out because I, this is you, you know, being represented. And if you feel in many ways that it's not the product that, you know, you would consume, then, well, then it's probably, you know, you're supposed to be your biggest fan. So I mm-hmm. uh, then how can you make it someone else, you know, uh, so that they're going to watch it? I can't see. This is terrible now. I, I need to figure out my writing. I can't say any words or sentences at the moment. Okay, David, I'm going to ask a couple questions I normally ask a lot of people now. All right. One that's not, though. Smash or pass? What has been the best one <laughs> that you had? This, by the way, if you don't know what this is, this is David posts a... Uh, a images on Twitter of just random foods he comes across in stores and it just says, is this, do you, should we eat this or should we not? And what's been the best surprise that you've come across? I think the first one that always comes to my mind is the strawberry shortcake Oreos that they don't, it was a specialty really? one that they don't make. I remember looking at it, I was like, I think these are going to be really good. And I posted it in my car before I went to the gym. I actually, I don't buy everything I put up. I would be pretty oh, bad so if I did. Yeah, yeah, right. Sometimes right. I'm just like, I'm just curious, like if I get off, you'll saying smash, maybe next time I go, I'll get it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I bought those that time and I sat in the car in the gym parking lot and I was like, I got to try one. And it was the best Oreo I've ever had. I think I had a whole <laughs> sleeve just before I went into the gym. It was unreal. Wow. Uh, I think that was one I, of my favorite. Oreos are banned in my apartment by me. <laughs> I They are just the most addicting thing there is. I mean, there have been studies about this. And I just, I can't allow myself to have an Oreo. Dude, they're so good. They're That's, so good. It's not fair. So I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. All right. A strawberry shortcake Oreo best smasher pass what was the worst one? Oh man i sometimes what i'll do is i'll read reviews just to see too if it's worth it like there's a new wendy's frosty cereal oh and, yeah i did see that and i looked it up and people were saying it just literally tastes like cocoa puffs and i was like that doesn't mean it's gonna taste bad but like it's a huge letdown i'm like i just buy cocoa puffs then if that's right, the yeah. case i don't think there's been any smasher pass that have been bad they just haven't lived up to the expectations that I've set for them. You know, like the Dunkaroo yeah. cereal was very disappointing. Oh man, really? It was really. I was like, this is such. a That was the out. best. Oh man, that was that was the best Dunkaroos. I think they stopped making those, right? I guess they had brought them back. Exist. They brought, brought them back. back. Of course. What brilliant marketing! Um, all right, so then moving on from from that, um, what is the best film? The best film. Yes. That's a really good question. Um, uh, oh, have... oh, favorite, your favorite then, I should say. Not not like your, oh yes, uh, Citizen Kane or something. I mean like, you know, your favorite film. I think the one that I've seen the most that I don't ever get tired of watching, and it's going to be very out of the blue, is Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. Really? 
Yeah, like I, I that was my my wife and I, the first movie we watched together. And I remember my mom showed it to me. And I've probably seen that movie 15 to 20 times. I don't watch like too many movies, but that's probably been the just one I've on seen. On repeat, the most. of course. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I just like, even though I know what happens, I'm just like, I always generally enjoy this movie. And it's always like has that special. I know it's like, again, like the first movie my wife and I watched, my mom loves it. Like the two most important, my wife, it's connections in that way. And uh, it's just like, for some reason, it's very nostalgic. I just love, you know, watching also like movies from that time period and kind of checks every box for me. So if I had to pick one, that might be it. Oh, that's a good choice. I, I I can't say I expected that one, but that's a great movie. I saw it for the first time, I think, during quarantine. Really? What'd you think? It. Yeah. Oh, it's a great film. Just just a just a great film, you know? Good job, Bill Murray and company. Anything he puts out is always really good anyway. Right. He's wonderful. Um and your favorite musician slash band. Okay, this is a side of me that people don't know. Um well, first of all, I'm a, I'm a kind of person that I don't have like a favorite genre per se. I, there's different times I like different music. Okay. Like when I'm in the gym, I want screaming metal. Like I want them yelling at me. I can't do the screams or the growls at all. I really? Can't I can't do it. Unless it's um, path. If I'm like driving at night, I like jazz in my car, just like smooth mm. jazz. You know, if I'm like before like a, a sporting event or something, when I was like in high school, I would always like, you know, something hip hop, something to get me going. I don't know if I have like a favorite, you know, like Rage Against Machines always good. It's the uh, best, man. It got me into guitar a lot. That him and uh, Morello and uh, and Led Zeppelin. Oh, could yeah, not stop um, playing guitar because of them. And they're, they're great. Like you, like those are type of people are the ones that put out everything. It's always good, and that's right. what I look for. Like I'm like, oh, it's a song by them. I haven't heard from them. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I, okay, this one's out of left field. Like, do you ever listen to Godsmack at all? No, I, I actually, the, uh, the guitarist started a band called another animal that I saw opening altar bridge back in 2007. And I thought that he was great. They were great there, but not Godsmack itself. Just the guitarist doing wow. this other band. Oh, I didn't even know he was the guitarist was in another band. That's kind of interesting. Right. It's just this one off <laughs> album that they did. And they toured with altar bridge in 2007 and it was, I enjoyed that, but yeah, I never listened to actual Godsmack. They're pretty good. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a heavy metal vibe oh, yeah. to it, but it's not screaming metal right. like some other ones. Yeah, it's like the um, it's like uh, it's like post grunge essentially, but no, no, new metal. It's new metal. That's what it is. Right? I don't, I'm not sure actually. Like corn is new metal. Yeah. Or do they sometimes say it's like alternative metal, or there's like all these names for it? I know, and it's it's got smack. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> Um, okay, and uh, moving on to the last question that I ask everybody. Uh, what is your mantra, David Mendelssohn? I thought about this one for a little bit because I knew this one you were going to ask me for sure. Of course. And I think the one I settled on most is just kind of how I've changed over time. It's don't wish for it, work for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like if you want something in life, if you want to be a better coach, I'm right now I'm trying to be a better golfer, so I'm going – golfing in like the winter right now trying wow. to learn you got trying DM to bubba man bubba and clegg man clegg's a, a really good golfer too oh yeah um and like i'm just like anything that in life that you want to be better at or you're wishing for yourself just work for it and if you work hard enough like it will come but you got to put in the time and instead of just right. wishing you were doing it like i you know w- like wishing i would be in the fantasy industry like i've 
working as hard as I can to get there. I want to be a better golfer. I'm working tirelessly to try to become a better golfer. Like so many things in your life, you can get to where you want to be if you will work for it. So that's one that I think's kind of resonated with me pretty well. I think that's great. Um, you know, it, it starts, of course, with the wish, understanding what that wish would be. And then, um, yeah, then if you have the time, work on it as much as you mm-hmm. can. But, but right, I think that's great. You have to look inward um, less than outward. I, I, I got to work on my sentences. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, under, yeah, you get the idea. Uh, I think that's a fantastic one um, and a wonderful one to end this episode. But David, thank you so much for being a part of Nick Pollock and Friends. We got to talk about coaching basketball and music and smash and pass and fitness and <laughs> so many wonderful things. And of course, triple play fantasy. But before you go, tell everybody once again, everything that you're doing. Well, Nick, again, first, thanks again for having me. Like I said, I have not missed an episode. So it's pretty cool to be on one with you. Unreal, David. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, anybody on Twitter, you find me at dmendio2. All my work is through triple play fantasy as far as like video content, but my writings over on the 33rd team for football baseball it's uh fantasy pros and fan tracks and uh i just try to keep twitter fun and interesting i'll mix in some stats and you know some fantasy analysis with smasher pass or a bad dad joke or other things ultimately i just i love talking to new people meeting a whole new community of of people i've gotten to know over the few last few years and um yeah again just thanks for having me man oh absolutely david this was so much fun um never a bad dad joke of course Uh, But I am Nick Pollock, and that was my friend, David Mendelson.